Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party podcast, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well. I mean, I can't wait for season 10 and there's so much to talk about. We got a crazy episode today. We're going to be covering so much of that season 10 news, uh, as well as diving into what has been uncovered about the next legend, Seer. Uh, and then we got some speculation in there, pulling from Twitter, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, we're all going to be learning so much more soon. And so we're really excited to start diving into it now. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you join our Discord, chat Apex, find teammates, and receive third-party updates. The link for that is going to be in the description. If you'd like to help continue the third-party community, please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you head over there, you can get ad-free listening, exclusive merch, gaming sessions with Shay and I, and much, much more. We really appreciate all of our patrons, and they're really the reason that we're still able to do this. So thank you. No doubt. Thank you so much. Let's dive into some news. Okay, so we're going to save the big news for last as it's kind of going to flow together into the main topic of the day, us talking about the Season 10 legend. But let's start with some really cool stuff that we found as well. Uh, according to Chad Grenier, private matches for all players are still in development, but there is yet to be an announced release time. More info is supposed to be coming shortly on that. Where are you at with private matches in the triage of what is most important to you to come to the games, Henry? Yeah, I mean, a couple months ago, we were very, very excited about this. And we knew it wasn't going to come soon, but we thought it was going to come with Season 10. At least that's mm -hmm. kind of what I was thinking. So learning that that may not be happening is a bit disappointing. But this is a feature that I think is just going to be massive for Apex on a global scale. It's going to be so awesome. For content creators and any sort of community as well to be able to at any time run a private match will be so awesome. You know, if this comes to the game at some point, there will be some third party uh, games to happen. Next piece of news, the Chinatown market is planning to announce its new name on August 15th, rumored to be aftermarket. Uh, and the limited Apex skins that were set to be released with Chinatown market will be released sometime after that name is announced. So there's some cool skins up there. We know there's a lot of people that were kind of excited for them. So just wanted to keep you guys updated on that. Next piece of news from the Apex, at Apex Uncut podcast interview with John Larson. There were a couple of cool pieces of information, uh, but one that stuck out was that the team is looking to make Gibraltar a more popular pick without making him too strong in high-level play. The quote is, how can we make him a sexier pick without incorporating too much power? Obviously, Henry, this one hits close to home. Yeah. What are kind of your thoughts on this balance of making him more popular but not more powerful? It, it's kind of like boils down to the side grade concept. What does that maybe even look like to you? I think it's going to be pretty difficult, to be honest with you. I mm -hmm. think the, the reason that I played Gibraltar is the bubble. And yeah. I don't think you can make that more appealing and like make more people use it because it's a little bit slower of a play style. You have to be a little more strategic. You can't waste your bubble because you're looking at like 35 seconds after everything's said and done before you can use it again. Um, so Gibraltar's difficult to play, I think, is why he's less popular and it's about the pace. But if you were to make him more popular, I think you would tackle it where he'd be more on the support side. So you'd try mm -hmm. right now, like Gibraltar and Loba are like very close together. Like in terms of volume of players. But to be honest, 
I don't know how you make Gibraltar more support, more fast. I think it's going to be tough. It, it seems like such a tough challenge. And, you know, I, I scroll through the comments of like the posts and all the reposts of this news. And I see so many people saying like, make him smaller. Like he feels so slow to play, mm-hmm. like make him faster. I don't even know if they can go about changing a character model if they want to like it's so much of gibraltar's character is the way he is and it's awesome we love it and the fortified is fun like you know they've said that they would not do fortified legends not make the larger hitbox legends uh in retrospect if they could go back i wonder if they will actually see that as a potential solution and go about changing his hitbox and taking away fortified in some way i don't know that seems like a slippery slope but that's definitely the most public thing i see over and over and over again on socials it'd be pretty tough to change every single skin of gibraltar's yeah to really like slim him down by a hundred percent pretty much you'd Mm -hmm. be cutting his hitbox in half in order to put him in line with somebody like bangalore or crypto so I think that's tough, but yeah, I, I think it'd be hard. It'd be hard to make him more popular without buffing him is yeah. kind of the truth. It's going to be a tough one. We'll see if there's anything in store for us in the near future with Gibby. Uh, there's a lot of other cover, uh, stuff from this interview that was really cool. We've covered a lot of it in our episode for interviews with John and Daniel. So if you want more news from devs, check out those previous episodes. Next piece of news, Justin Mace a senior experienced designer from Respawn teased that players will be able to change the color of their reticles in the near future. Teasing red, yellow, blue, and green. This kind of came about because of the colorblind setting changes that happened with the most recent patch. Uh, but this is kind of a staple in a lot of you know first-person shooters, and so it's kind of exciting to see something like this maybe make its way into the games. Yeah, would be really cool. I mean, I think that Apex has done a fantastic job at incorporating more customization with charms and skins and emotes and uh, the hologram, the hollow sprays. Um, And so I think they're going to do this in the near future and it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the big news though. The season 10, otherwise known as season emergence blog was announced and released. We got confirmation that there's going to be some world world's edge map changes We've had a lot of teasers coming about. And so let's go through these and kind of break it down, get some of the thoughts. Uh, we've had earthquakes, shaking tunnels and loading screens, the harvester absolutely pulsing. And we started getting our first teasers for this on 7.15. So 7-15. And that was found that countdown and it was a log coming from Bilal. And do you have any guesses on who this Bilal character is or if I'm absolutely butchering that saying i really don't know who it might be um Mm -hmm. my heart is telling me it's a relative of bloodhound just because it's their home planet it kind of sounds like it might be i'm not sure i I, bloodhound's really you know interested in the harvester and probably hurt by it emotionally so that's my guess but i have no actual proof to back that up that's just a feel that's that's a fascinating theory though i do like that but the first log read whole world shaking finally got ham in the run test why is no one else freaking out we then got our second log on 718 and that could be found that staging also comes from Bilal and reads tectonic activity in 
FTY, they're actually increasing harvesters' activity. Do they want us all to burn? Exclamation mark. This was then also coupled with that harvester beam being overcharged and kind of this setting up the intense changes that it's looking like we're going to see. How do you feel about maybe this continuation of let's let it burn, burn it down? Man, I mean, we've been trying to avoid this for a long, long time. You know, we don't want it to be a a fiery map per se, but uh, if anything, we'd like it to be more green, more icy, but. Um, yeah, it looks like we're we're going the burning route. Yeah. The final log comes on 7-20, the day of recording, from Bilal. They're purging the evidence. Catastrophe's coming. Harder to cover up when this planet cracks apart. I gotta get out of here. This was also then accompanied by Hammond facilities dis- showing a display that showed critical failure signals in certain areas of the maps. Also, with heat maps that can be found that potentially show the expected locations of map changes. Very big red area over train yard. The area outside of Epi leading up into refinery and then sorting factory. Some of your favorite locations there when we're talking sorting and Epi and train yard. What are your thoughts on getting some serious reworks to these parts of the map it's looking like? Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a major map change. I can tell you that right now. I mean, it's big. Yeah. It's interesting that, you know, we got the harvester introduced in season four. We're now Mm -hmm. rolling into season 10 and we're finally, you know, finding out. Seeing the payoff. A little more of a payoff from what it does when you drill into the core of a planet. With Um, a huge laser. It's a problem, but (laughs) I think maybe it, it could have happened sooner. But anyway, um, (laughs) these expected changes. Train yard is destroyed, like completely mm-hmm. destroyed. We see in uh, the trailer that you can kind of see the remnants in the background of one of the stills. Train yard's gone. And if we just look at that first, that's sad. I think train yard <laughs> is a very iconic drop. Totally. But, and So I'm sad, 100% sad. But if you're looking at train yard, it's one of the most brutal chokes on the map mm-hmm. and it's a tough POI to really master. So even though I like it a lot and I put a lot of hours in dropping at train yard, winning at train yard, rotating through, opening that space up could be a net positive. Yeah. That'd be interesting if it's a very big opening up of the area. Cause we're talking about a lot of mountains that could be coming down as well with that. Man, fascinating. But yeah, like train yard, crazy one. And then sorting factory is a huge location on this map that you and I are absolute fans of, has incredibly unique end games. It's just going to be a very big deal to see some changes there. These are very centric areas of the map outside of uh, refinery where a lot of people end up going through rotations and stuff. It's not going to be avoidable to hit these new areas of the map. Totally. I mean, if you if you think back to season six, where we got updates to World's Edge, we replaced Fuel Depot with Countdown. Sorting Factory is a top three largest POI, like Skyhook, Fragment, and Sorting Factory are the largest POIs. Mm-hmm. We're destroying a main one in the center with Train Yard. Sorting Factory is a massive POI. And then on the north side with Epicenter and Refinery, like you're starting to take out 
all of those massive buildings. You know, there's one at Train Yard, that big mm-hmm. hangar, and then you have the active ones um, in refinery and sorting factory. And so it's like, yeah. maybe this is a shift. Like we want to scale down these big open buildings um, and that's going to have a an effect on the gameplay perhaps. I'm really sad though as well, kind of like continuing on with this and that if we're burning areas of Epi, yeah. we might be losing some snow, unfortunately, which yeah. has been a defining characteristic of this map for a very long time. I will say from the stills we've seen in the blog, the skies look very blue mm-hmm. for some reason. So if the maybe the harvester is just going to be like done sending up a so. beam or something. And so somehow we'll go straight back to blue skies because pollution obviously just disappears immediately when right. in these kinds of situations. No. <laughs> the sarcasm is hard over the pod but okay yeah. okay fair enough but yeah i think like it's gonna be a very new look and it's very impactful areas of the map and this is gonna be real interesting to see how these play and i think you know we're recording this on the 20th we're gonna see very shortly in the gameplay or the launch trailer probably how this happens and what it starts to look like soon thereafter so i'm really excited about these changes and World's Edge is a very beloved map by a lot of people from a pubs and competitive standpoint. So we could be in store for a really positive season, theoretically. Yeah. We're not in love with the aesthetic of the changes, but like the technical changes of these POIs is going to be major. Like this map Mm -hmm. is going to change and feel completely. And hopefully that's going to be an improvement. And another fun point that you threw in here is that there's that moving tram that we kind of see in these new areas on the stills, uh, which could be a cool map feature. And, you know, we haven't had the train in a while. It was kind of fun to have it back and around uh, when we were on the old maps. Moving features that transport through areas of the map, I feel like that could be really interesting. But we're also then looking at a tram that's moving over unplayable area or burning the area that you don't want to go into. How difficult will it be to navigate some of these spots with or without the tram? Yeah, I think a lot of players are already speculating that Pathfinder, Octane are going to be, you know, they're going to benefit from these changes. If you do mm-hmm. have to traverse large lava pits and you have to, risk going onto a tram that may or may or not lock like that's yeah. really scary you're gonna want a zipline or a launch pad so mm-hmm. already some speculation as to that but we'll see very soon yeah next piece of news the rampage lmg has been confirmed meet rampart's newest invention the rampage lmg with a surprising source of firepower Before we dive into some of the leaks slash theories we have about this gun, I know you're passionate about this one. What are some of your thoughts on them introducing another weapon into the game and another LMG, which I know is something you very much swore off a while back. So how's it hitting you? I'm shocked. I'm beyond shocked. I mean, to Mm -hmm. take it one step at a time, first off, having another weapon, like we're three for three in these seasons of getting new weapons and in terms of shifting the loot pool, there hasn't been any real precautions. We haven't Mm -hmm. increased the amount of weapons that go into the care package, which I think is completely on the table. Um, We haven't necessarily overtly changed how less popular weapons drop in terms of like their drop percentage. Um, And so 
I am concerned about adding additional weapons into how does this impact how rare an R301 is, you know, yeah. for instance, you keep on stacking the 3030, the bow, these aren't going to be top performing weapons. Um, they're fun and unique. And this new LMG definitely sounds unique, but every time you add a weapon, you're losing out on another. So you kind of have to keep that in mind. A year or so ago, the developers were adamant that they were, you know, laser focused on that point. Um, now that's not really the case. And mm -hmm. I'm interested to see, are there going to be any steps to try to protect um, popular weapons is really my concern. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it with devs in the past, and I think we were seeing in general that there's a shift in the way in which the game is thought about. And that's okay. You know, if they think this is going to be the better route and they are confident in this kind of stuff, by all means, keep rocking with it. We'll keep playing the game and we'll give you all our thoughts. I'm so interested in this, though. Love you new kind weapons, of too. Like, yeah, yeah. Not complaining about new weapons at all. Henry's the gun love guy. It. You guys love, love it. The the stats like it's it's a deep passion so it'll be another one he can throw in the spreadsheet no doubt about it i think it's so interesting though because we start to get into the questions of how's this gun going to be introduced and the terminology we kind of coined for doing this is just that it is going to be an absolute chain reaction theoretically on the rest of the weapon pool one of the i think easiest theories to jump to is spitfire very powerful very popular okay it's time for it to be packed. Let's introduce a new LMG because we felt like that might have been, you can't take another LMG off the ground because then Rampart doesn't get all the LMGs. Whether we want to talk about the power of the LMGs and stuff, you know, being a buffer, a nerf, which ones are on the ground. But then that brings the Prowler back onto the ground, which brings more in heavy gun prowess. It's so interesting. There's so much that could be done. Do you have any gun to your head theories yeah. on what you think might go down here? So if you're asking about the care package. and I'm so asking about yeah. the care package. Or is the gun so just going to come in? I got like, three, three potential ideas. Okay. First one is, well, for all of them, the Prowler's coming back, baby. Can't wait. It's going to yeah. be wonderful. That's um, a given. <laughs> love it. I'm so hyped. And we're going to be talking about the Prowler every episode. So buckle in. <laughs> Like, it's going to be great. Um, you think we're like the beacon? <laughs> yeah, you thought we liked the survey beacon. You <laughs> thought wrong. Um, but number one, the Spitfire goes in. I think that is probably a fan favorite. It would make a lot of sense. It's a very powerful weapon. It would make sense in terms of how they've been reacting to nerfing the weapon, not going mm -hmm. too overboard. They want to keep it strong. Um, it would make sense. I don't think it's going to be that, though. <laughs> I will say, like, we we thought for a long time, popular guns were not touchable. Yeah, PK went into the care pack. That changed everything. So if that's your first thought, we've seen guns more popular than the Spitfire get packed out of nowhere Absolutely before. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to happen because I think you take the Spitfire out of ground rotation, and that is an unnecessary, huge nerf to Rampart. So I just mm -hmm. don't want that to happen. Second opportunity is the bow gets packed. Now, that's mm -hmm. more of a technical want for me because I think we need to remove both of the bow hop-ups. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, which is mean, but I think that'd be a great way to do it. So you swap the bow for the prowler. Could happen. I don't know. The bow is a really I, I, interesting weapon. 
I will say the bow has lost some popularity since it's nerf, deservedly so. It took a pretty solid hit, mm-hmm. and so maybe you can bring it back up to the really powerful spot it was if it's in the pack. And then you got a gun that is probably on that triple take level as well to kind of yeah. compete in the package and play style and make the using the bow back to being very, very fun. Yeah, it'd be tough to have two marksmen and a sniper in the care package, but yeah. it's something that if we're looking at loot pool health, I would pretty much be for it because i think it would free up a lot of space for hop ups easy Um, to remove arrows as well you know you're not affecting the other marksman i just think it's so awkward to even have it in general the third option that's on my mind is you put the alternator in the care package this makes the most sense it makes the most Mm -hmm. sense bring back disruptors heavily nerfed um but it would just i think leave the light guns in a healthy state where you're, mm-hmm. you're swapping an SMG for an SMG, I think it'd be really, really good for the game to be able to have a heavy energy and light SMG that are all strong on the ground mm-hmm. and then have a really fun alternator that has a little extra pack. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I really like that one. You know I'm all in on disruptor rounds. I'll throw in the wild card idea of maybe put that L-Star back into the care package, give it back some of the power that it had uh, originally in concept, at least, uh, in terms of being a care packaged LMG. If we are concerned about, okay, we're bringing in an LMG, so we need to remove another LMG, theoretically, I think that would be a lot more fair to Rampart than removing the Spitfire. But we can, yeah. there's a lot of directions to go, I think, is the, is the way to look at it right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if if we don't remove the, you know, the Devotion, the Spitfire, the L-Star, we're looking at a pretty nice buff for Rampart, which is absolutely totally. needed, deserved. Uh, and so I'd be hoping for that. And we could also see this introduction of the LMG mean more defining characteristics for the LMG class as a whole, similar to the introduction of the Marksman class, changing some of the ADS speeds and such to maybe add more characteristics that in turn nerf the powerful Spitfire right now that we've seen rumored. So there's there's a lot. This is going to affect a lot of stuff in the weapon pools, I think the point we're trying to bring across right now. Let's talk about the big thing, though. Maybe that was the big thing for us, but let's talk about the big thing for most people. Season 10 Legend. In recent news, we officially got the next legend that'll be entering the Apex Games, Seer, otherwise known as a name I apologize right now for butchering and will have mastered by the time I actually hear a voice actor or somebody say it, Obi Edulassum. Nailed it. Obi. We're going to call him Obi for now, okay? That last name, not going to be in there right now. We're going to kind of dive now into this. Everything we currently know about the next legend and hopefully make some really accurate predictions that we are then going to get confirmed at the EA Play event on the 22nd and soon after that, depending on how the trailer release goes. So what do we kind of already know about the legend, though? Like, we have not a lot actually officially said. We have a lot of stuff being teased, a couple things being announced in game as well and rumored so let's dive into it dive into the in-game teasers dive into some leaks and kind of see if we can start to get a good idea of what seer's lore and abilities are going to be before we do any of that though 
what's that character design in your opinion? Like, do you, are you a big fan right now early on? Uh, how do you, how great. are you feeling? He looks yeah. great. Love the style. You know, it, it's going to be awesome to see in game. I, I can't wait to see the legendary skins to be honest. Oh dude, it's going to be awesome. I, yeah, I was at first, I'll be honest with you watching the art style of the stores in the outland trailer, which is a very unique popular style. I don't remember the name of the person who did it. It was a very big deal. I apologize for not having that ready, but I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to like have some revenant scariness to him in terms of like limbs and stuff. But nah, his character model looks amazing. And I told you that hat immediately reminded me of Cad Bane from Star Wars The Clone Wars. Let's and it's go. just such a cool feature. It could be absolutely fantastic. How we're going to go through this though is we're going to start with kind of the in-game teasers that we've seen. And we'll start from the top. We got our first tier for Seer on 7-17, and that teaser was the heart chamber that we later now see in Seer's character model that's on his chest. The chamber, you interact with it, it floats up into the air with an image of a digital moth appearing above it, and after that on a nearby banner, you see Seer's ability icons flash one at a time. And honestly, couldn't get a good enough look at it to say that that should be a reason we can know any abilities. The teaser can still be done, and there's a reason for doing so, but it can only spawn at one location on each map uh, on Olympus. That was Rift, Gardens, Bonsai Plaza, Oasis, and Icarus. And on World's Edge, it spawned the Skyhook, West Fragment, just outside of Lava Dome, just outside Thermal Station, and just outside of Survey Camp. You complete the teaser, you interact with it, and it rewards players the opportunity to pick up a weapon charm called the Bespoke Microdrome. The description for it reads, a stray micro drone from the mysterious heart container, a work of art. It appears to be handcrafted by one with great skill and taste. It would make an inscrutable gun charm. Let's pause for a second here, though. We're seeing some rumors and some teases of this concept of a micro drone. And what were maybe some of your impressions if you got the chance to do the teaser or see it and such and kind of seeing that nice blue moth animation and the, all these drone rumors? Yeah. I love the concept of micro drones. You know, you get major Iron Man, you know, totally nano drones. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Nanotechnology is not something to, to scoff at. It's going to be very, it's cool. very powerful. Yeah. It's going to be a strong legend calling it right now. Um, but first off, like these teasers, if you were hearing like huge pounding sounds on both maps, mm -hmm. um, I initially thought that was like an indication of the map changes. Mm -hmm. No, because on both maps, that's pretty much how you find, uh, this Easter egg teaser charm trail. It, you have to pretty much use your ears, follow the big pounding, and into one of these POIs that it can spawn. The pounding at. is the theoretical heartbeat yeah. of this heart chamber, yes. Yeah, and there's like micro drones leading up to it, and you might see some moths on the walls. Like, It's not the easiest thing to find, but if you go out there, <laughs> see a guide, follow what you, sent, what you hear, um, you'll be able to get it. But yeah, I mean, micro drone... We're going to talk more about speculating abilities, but right now I can just say, very cool. Very you can cool. go a lot of directions you can with it. pretty much do anything with micro drones. A little fun fact that I got the charm, but I got it because I third-partied someone that just did the <laughs> teaser. I didn't even Evil. realize it was... It was like I logged on the day of. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go find the teaser or whatever that's supposed to be announced. And my very first game, I 
hear this huge loud thud and I'm like, oh, we got to go that way and happen to have an octane pad, happen to have two people down already, finished that fight up. There was one little charm left on the ground for myself to pick up. Evil. Just <laughs> Absolutely evil. evil. But the other cool thing is we got some unique voice lines from each legend when that teaser was activated. And it kind of gives us some insight into the relationships that have already been established and maybe some traits Seer may have. It's really cool to kind of dive further into this lore and see that we do have relationships between these legends already established before they're actually in the games. Like this is a long process to get in the games and these, as much as I want to say it's a big universe, it's also a pretty small universe. There's a lot of connections and communication between all these people And so before we kind of dive into what those uh, voice lines were, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's do it. Let's talk about some voice lines. We'll go through a couple of these, gives our thoughts, and see if we can maybe establish some of Sears' characters. First one, coming from Rampart. My boy's coming. Game's ready to be kicked up a notch. Bangalore then says, they say the new guy can assemble shotguns faster than I can. That's a bold one right there. That's a bold one. Crypto says, this one spends too much time in the shadows. What is he hiding? Horizon. Ooh, I think I know who built you. Seems like a nice lad. All those rumors sound um, unfounded. Loba. New guy's got a sense of style. I can appreciate that. Mirage just obviously coming in with a classic one saying, you know, this might wow in arenas, but one look and his fans will join the Mirage Dodge. Pathfinder, hello, swarm of new friends. I can't wait to can't wait to meet your creator. And then last but not least, in terms of the ones we're going to talk about today, Wraith. I've heard all the stories on this one. Mysteries are mysteries. What are some of your impressions going through these voice lines yeah. about Maybe some of Sears' personality, theoretically. Yeah, the personality, I think, is definitely one of an artist and kind mm-hmm. of a character that's shrouded in this curse, mystery, uncertainty. Um, definitely a, a mystery going on to what are they really about, what are their intentions, things like that. Yeah, it's a really cool character from the sounds of it. He looks amazing. It's awesome to see some of these legends just thoughts on new people coming into the game some people really care and are like whoa this guy's sneaky other people are like eh, it's all good as long as they can't fly i'm good that's pretty much what valk's voice line was we get some more continuation of the lore of seer though in the social media moth videos so the same time this teaser was going live in game We were getting lore videos telling the story of the moth and the flame in the format of three separate chapters. We're going to summarize it in case you haven't gotten a chance to hear it yourself yet, but the video tells the story of a young princess and a young boy who fell in love, and after being held hostage by the queen and king, the young princess strikes a deal with the moth that it would help her find the young boy she loved if it could be reborn as her child to be free of the curse of the moth. The moth had being the, mo- the curse of the moth being that the moth was being drawn to that of which would do it harm. Unfortunately, the very protective king and queen ended up burning the young man at the stake so the daughter would return, in their opinion, to their safety. The moth and the princess then plunged themselves into the fire, setting the curse of the moth to hang over the kingdom. 
the curse of the moth is kind of the theme of this video. And what is that? And that is to be drawn to something that can bring harm upon oneself. Does that mean something that can bring you harm? A blood sport that maybe you go fight to your death on a daily basis? I think we're starting to see some of what maybe this curse upon seer could look like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that idea of, well, the moth is being drawn to the flame and the apex games is the flame and seer is the moth. I think that's a very literal interpretation, which is intentional. But the lead writer for this legend also came out and said, this was designed as a prophecy. This Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily indicate what's going to happen or not going to happen, but more so that this prophecy was written and told centuries before Seer was even born. And so it's more so a story that has followed him his entire life and that he's mm-hmm. cursed. Like something bad is going to happen. He's going to, you know, do something wrong that's going to get him killed, um, has kind of followed him his whole life. And so joining the games could be a way to actualize that or challenge those who, you know, have spoken out against him and say like, oh, you're you're destined to burn or something like that. So I think it's a layered story that has a lot of interpretations, Mm -hmm. but I think keeping in mind that it's a prophecy that isn't necessarily applied directly to Seer is something that's important to know. Yeah. And that's the clarification. We got the stories of the Outlands then that comes out, which was titled Metamorphosis. You follow that story of the curse of the moth, a child being born theoretically cursed with eyes being drawn to a flame whose gaze is world changing was kind of the description. They say everything he touches will be changed. And like you mentioned, that lead writer, Amanda Dorian, really kind of did an awesome thread on Twitter, like five parts, full text, explaining what this meant in ways, bringing up the clarification that Seer is not the young man. Seer is not the princess's child. That is, it it is a prophecy that is told and changes over generations and generations and told in a way, you know, like how you know the prophecies and some of this like folklore is told about like a tale to protect your children from the world in a way. And someday a woman will rise bearing the mark of the moth. And so it's just interesting thing. You said it well, it's the prophecy that hung over Seer's mother as, you know, everyone was warning her of the unborn child that will be cursed. It's a really cool series of events though. And Seer decides theoretically to live his life as if he was the you know person in the prophecy, if he as if he was cursed. We're gonna kind of learn. We see some of the voice lines and stuff maybe hinting at it being a lot more tech-based and all that kind of interesting stuff. We'll see what the actual lore ends up turning into. It's so cool. It's such a cool story. The writers did a fantastic job. Um, yeah, big credit to Amanda Dorian, the lead writer for Respawn on coming out with that one. Yeah. I mean, we knew going into it essentially that this was going to be a very unique lore backstory for a legend. Um, you know, we're not talking about a soldier or a scientist. We're talking Mm -hmm. about an artist with a very cultural background. And I think they did a great job. Yeah. I mean, Horizon says though, I think I know who built you. Yeah. Like that's interesting. Like how much of it will be connected to science and the micro drones and all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, this whole like his, is it a coincidence that his eyes were pale blue because the sun, you know, the, the, his moon was struck by a meteor theoretically at the same time as his birth. Like 
is he wearing contacts? Maybe <laughs> like, is he really buying into it? Like who, like who knows sure. at this point? I think we're going to learn a lot, but it is such a cool story essentially that we are starting to get the very beginnings of, but let's talk about some of the abilities. Um, so for abilities for Seer, we have some leaks uh, that we'll, we'll cover here in a little bit, but important note on the Play Apex website, it says, with micro drones and artists' eye, Seer spots opportunities that other legends might miss and seizes them in the most beautiful way he can. I feel like normally when we get the description of that legend, we already have the abilities to go along with it. Yeah. So we're starting to get into speculation territory already. <laughs> 100%. That one sentence is all we know. Like, yes, that's- official. That's all mm-hmm. we know. And even the things that are were leaked were leaked a long, long time ago. The legends completely changed. We don't know anything going into this. Yeah. Like we typically at least have a title or some sort of theme. All we know is mm-hmm. that there's micro drones involved. Yeah. So we have two legends that were leaked a while back that show some connection to seer whether it be through some rumored lore character models um, speculated name changes and that just kind of goes to show there's already been so much changes i don't think these abilities we're going to talk about will be the final ones maybe we'll be wrong on that but let's talk about profit first and profit is theoretically one of the popular choices of the legend that has become seer Um, profit was leaked back in season five and do you want to read maybe some of their game file abilities yeah. at the time? Yeah, I mean, Prophet, the character model is very similar to what we now see with Seer, minus the hat. So it, it's possible that, you know, mm-hmm. this was a transformation from Prophet to Seer and very similar titles. You think about somebody mm-hmm. that predicts the future, that's a Prophet or a Seer. Um, yep. So I think there's some similarity there. What we have... And yeah, just like you said, this was initially a legend that was supposed to scheduled to come out season five. So this is mm-hmm. old, old, old. The game has drastically changed like between when this was leaked and to now. But mm-hmm. their passive is called Sniper Training. Seer has improved accuracy while ADSing and starts with a scope. Really interesting. You know, we have something really cool. like Rampart, but with snipers. Um don't really know. Like, what does increased accuracy mean with the sniper? Dude, if that was the wording that was released, like with the official ability, dude, I know you would drive yourself crazy being like, I need sense. a percentage. Like, I need a number. I need to see it and I need to feel it. That, that could be so good. It could also not do anything at the yeah, same time. I you think know, if this, if this is still a, a relevant uh, leak to base ourselves off, you have to think that scope is going to be really powerful and Mm -hmm. it could even have something that like auto aiming perhaps like Mm -hmm. to say improved accuracy when the projectile speed on a sniper is the closest we have something like hit scan essentially it doesn't make a whole lot of sense so you have to assume i think that this scope is gonna give you some sort of smart pistol overlay at the very least um yeah so that's a passive, a weapon-based passive with the tactical of spotter sight. Seer scans the environment for enemies and gathers information on targets found. This we got to read into. Yeah. There's a, you know, you read that and you're like, oh, oh, some bloodhound. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, that's just what it sounds yeah. like from off the gate. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it, it seems pretty difficult. You know, we know we have it confirmed that Sear uses micro drones to spot opportunities. Could that mm-hmm. be some sort of recon, scanning the environment? Um, and then with this potential leak of profit, does this mean that you're getting direct intel on other legends, like enemy mm-hmm. legends? Do you know perhaps what weapons they have? Do you know, you know, how much health they have? It, it it's interesting because we've never really thought about it like that, where you're gathering intel on enemies. You're able to look at them and know, oh, that's a Valkyrie. But what if you could know, does that Valk have her ultimate or not? Would that be yeah. a good tactical? And how would you even use that? It would be a lot of thought, a lot of intelligence, and very difficult legend to play if we're kind of going along that line of thinking. It is very interesting, though. It's how do you, if it is gathering intel as we currently know it in the game, which is scanning you know, enemies mm-hmm. and their location, how do you balance another legend coming in there that does it between bloodhound and between crypto in terms of effectiveness but doing it differently enough that it still makes sense to come into the game i think the thing i'll just say about it is those opportunities and the sound of his ability and his play apex website description sound like we're gonna get a really cool ui potentially coming into the game at some point through that and that would be really exciting to me because i'm always blown away by the ui these people come up with we got high hopes uh, for that, for sure. Um, but if we're just continuing down this idea of intel, it, it's mm-hmm. very hard to beat something that gives you wall hacks and tracks someone behind cover. Like, Crypto kind of has that occasionally. Bloodhound absolutely has that. Uh, Valkyrie doesn't really have that like as a tactical. So yeah. it would be difficult to try to compete with Bloodhound without including some form of being able to see enemies and their movement through Mm -hmm. walls. Um, And then you'd have to add some bonus onto it as well to make it unique. So (laughs) I think that's going to be a tough one if something like that does happen with the micro drones. Totally. Now, the ultimate that was leaked for profit a while back was the triple tap. And this was Seer equips a silenced sniper rifle with three shots. Really, really interesting. The first thought is obviously, okay, where does it stand in comparison to the Kraber? Mm-hmm. Like three shots, is it the same as the Kraber, but you only got three and then it's silenced and that's what makes it an ult? Is it more like a Sentinel, like it does a hundred, but it's silenced? Like, Or is it that you only have three shots? This thing's like a one shot at yeah. some point. I don't know. Like there's so many paths you could go on once you start introducing this idea into the game. So I think that's the first like idea that you're saying, all right, this legend is designed for the person that loves the Kraber, but can't always have the Kraber. You can't find it. It's really chance. And so if you like using a a Kraber style weapon, you play as Prophet or Seer and you get that as your ultimate guaranteed. That'd be Mm -hmm. really cool to have a high powered sniper. It'd be great. My thought kind of going down this idea of what I thought maybe the passive does with this sort of smart pistol-esque type of thing. It'd be really Mm -hmm. cool if you could have an ultimate. And I think this is in the realm of possibility. Um, Okay. I really don't think this is Seer's ability, but if this is a legend (laughs) concept, this is well within, you know, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you activate this ultimate, you pull out a sniper. You also have a duration on it. So you can't like be swapping. You have to use it right there. And you can lock on to three targets or a whole squad. Mm -hmm. 
and fire mm. one shot in the body. 50, Fifty to seventy-ish damage. Like you're doing some serious damage to somebody, but you have to have a line of sight. Mm-hmm. That's you know probably in line harder to use maybe than crypto's EMP, and you're able to do damage one time if you line up all the shots. If it's like perfect, that could mm-hmm. be a cool thing. So having something that's a really interesting thought it's not like a high risk high reward but like Mm -hmm. if you have a clear shot and people are in the open you're gonna nail all three of them quickly and do some damage which could be cool situationally that could be very good but there's also a lot of times where you won't be able to do much with that as well which is the great part of balancing an ability like that yeah yeah that, that could be really interesting so let's do it let's keep going let's talk about pariah though now so the reason we're talking about Pariah is there's also been some rumors that Pariah was the legend changed into Seer. Pariah means an outcast and Seer's lore is very much tending to lead into a character that is an outcast in this universe, someone separated from society. So that's some of the connection to this character. But let's go through these abilities. Take it away. So the passive is Aploom Training and Pariah is able to see enemy health bars. Pariah is also immune to stunning effects and SDM steam, which we'll talk about later. But this idea of having a passive where you can Mm -hmm. just see health bars, interesting. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I I actually think it could, like, the hard part is, is like, okay, so you obviously, I'm assuming, have to have line of sight on them within what range, because obviously if you can just follow health bars around the map in a permanent (laughs) scan, that'd be pretty good i think a lot of people would play that legend so how do you balance that but does that change how you play if i mean if you know someone's half health you're going to be a lot more inclined to send that push and maybe get that knock and change a play change a game yeah i I think something like this if this is incorporated into seer's kid in any way it could be Mm -hmm. a really just game changing ability and that everyone that plays apex understands that one shot doesn't actually mean one shot that people lie everybody lies about one shot this ability in any form would clarify a lot and make it so much easier to actually do what one shot means if you say one shot lifeline everybody should crash on lifeline but the Mm -hmm. fact that nobody actually trusts you that you did get her to be one shot makes that pretty much never happen successfully you had something like this you know for a fact and that could be game changing yeah. like even if just you're not playing her, him yeah just wait till you're playing someone though and you call one shot and then you got a seer on your team and they say uh you liar yeah like it, that's why i'm saying yes. it would be yeah. such a game changer just because it would it would honest up the entire apex mm-hmm. legends community and that would be <laughs> big and it i think it'd probably be for the best because right now i don't think you can actually communicate one shot effectively people are too well, I, they've been cursed like that's a different i i we got to remove the one shot terminology and that could be a different <laughs> episode but we got to start incorporating terms like cracked and yes. lit more often and understanding what those mean rather than one shot yeah one shot with a wingman or one shot with a pk to yeah. the head like <laughs> yeah the whole one shot is you know a hundred damage approximately it really means cracked a lot of the time <laughs> exactly um, But with Pariah, the tactical is Sonar Grenade. So you have a 15-second grenade, which reveals enemies. 
very, very interesting. This could potentially mm -hmm. be related to micro drones and would be a pretty strong competitor to Bloodhound, if you think about it. Like It's a good twist on how do you do something similar to blood and scanning, but do so differently. Make it a throwable. Yeah. Throwable with a smaller range, maybe, but you can really chuck that thing. Like there that'd be a really interesting play style. Like I think that could be really cool. And you might say, oh, that's broke. I mean, but if the whole point of it is you can throw it to reveal people at range, they're gonna have time to reposition by the time you actually get there. Yeah. You know? So unless we're talking maybe like a uh pulse blade from Titanfall where you see it, you know, repeatedly over a certain time frame or something like that. There's just a lot of ideas yeah. we can go with this grenade style well, throwable recon. I would lean towards that kind of pulse blade vibe because it is a sonar mm -hmm. grenade. Like you'd think it would have multiple pulses to it. Um, but this, it really would be a great competitor to, to a scan from Bloodhound because instead of a cone, you'd have a full 360, you'd have more range, but Bloodhound, you get scanned, it's going to track you. This one, you mm -hmm. just have to leave the epicenter of this grenade. So, and that's that would powerful have benefits. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. This could be interesting and could be somehow related to micro drones. Totally. The ultimate for Pariah Sacrificial Romantic. Pariah activates an SDM device, which releases lots of steam in all directions, which makes people unable to move. Steam causes burn damage directly to health. Yeah, so we're still unsure on what SDM actually means. If you know and you're smarter than us, feel free to let us know. But for now, we're just assuming there's a device that does some stuff, but Pariah is theoretically immune to it because she's immune to stunning and SDM effects. So yeah. with that in mind, this is actually similar to a legend concept we just received on Discord, which I thought was kind of interesting in this idea of if you can either coming off yourself or placing a device that controls an area and within what range is it too powerful versus not impactful enough anything that goes directly to health though we start to see some interesting oh that could be good like that's the caustic gas pain as well right now as it goes directly to the health and it sucks if you occasionally die because you were full shields but decided you couldn't you know make it through yeah Absolutely. I mean, I don't necessarily think we're going to get something like this. Steam doesn't really line up with micro drones, but this idea of having an ultimate that does some sort of defensive area of effect is interesting. And that might be something mm -hmm. that we're looking at. Totally. Okay. Some overall thoughts on the abilities though, looking at all these leaks, rumors, lore that we know. I think the one thing that is somewhat clear and yet to be confirmed, but we're pretty confident at this point is that we're potentially looking at another recon legend, which would mean Survey Beacon, which is a big fan of the third party podcast. But it seems like we're getting a lot of hints of this intelligence gathering, this sneaky character that plays in the shadows, is going to yeah. uncover information in some way, shape or form. And so that's definitely another addition to the recon class by the sounds of it. I'll add in this little spice. So you're talking to me about this legend that's sneaky and can, you know, survey areas, like gather information and is also artistic. That sounds mm -hmm. a lot like Loba. Like you're a totally. thief in the shadows. Mm -hmm. You're able, you have the mm -hmm. passive being able to see loot through walls. Perhaps Seer is going to surprise us and go into the support class. We need more Fair. support. We just got mm -hmm. a recon legend. Do we want more? 
Yes, always more. But could this kind of artist do something that could classify as support? I don't really know what that is. If you can give your teammates intel onto the hit, you know, like the health bar of all the enemies, is that support mm-hmm. or recon? I don't know. Yeah. They could make a they could make a snap decision on that in the classification, which would really impact whether or not you have the survey beacon or not. But it could balance out our classes a little bit. We've definitely established that like scanning and revealing an enemy location is going to find you in the recon class. But if you are finding intelligence in a different way, shape or form, I think there's definitely room for him to make his way into the support class. It would be a very different, it would just not be scanning and it would be gathering intelligence some other way, shape or form. And that would be really exciting. And if it's done effectively, could be a really fun addition to the game. Yeah, I threw in the spice, but... To be honest, I don't understand how you're going to be able to use micro drones to look at a location and spot opportunities. I really don't know what that could possibly be because the first thing that might jump out is, oh, it's going to provide you with some sort of indicator or a heat map as to when a third party might be a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like That's the opportunity that we're always looking for. But is it going to be better than our ears? Like... The gun Mm -hmm. sound in this game is drastic. Like all you have to do is follow the shots in order to really pin down a third party. So what are these opportunities going to look like? It could be loot. It could be enemy intel. It could be, I don't know. It's a serious unknown for us. And, And then I guess before we start to wrap things up here, I will say that we also got the concept from profit of a legend that works with weapons that was a long time ago and could be changed we had a dev come on the show and say that legends working with weapons as abilities could very well happen again and may not that that's not something that you know is off the table and then we get bangalore in her voice line saying they say the new guy can assemble shotguns faster than i can and then you start to get into the are we going to get a legend that's passive is built around shotguns in a pretty shotgun meta right now, yeah. you know, we start to get into some interesting decisions there and some power in that way. That could be interesting as well if the passive was, you know, maybe one step removed essentially from this intelligence and recon in a way and built more into the shotguns. Yeah, and- absolutely. I think having a shotgun passive would be really interesting. That'd be the polar opposite of an LMG, really. So you'd get a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, mm-hmm. Difference. I don't think uh, Sierra would compete with Rampart. Um, but the shotguns, as we know, we just did a whole episode on them, are one of the most complicated weapons in the game in terms of attachments, benefits. They yeah. don't have a clip. They don't have clear like accuracy. Messing with the p- pellet damage would be really messy and scary. So Spread would be scary yeah, and weird as well. It would be really yeah. tough. The only sort of passive I could think of is, you know, automatic shotgun bolts you know you're just upgrading Mm -hmm. automatically and that could be cool but if you ask me right now that seems a little cheap like just free loot free attachments doesn't really seem like an ability so i I am leaning towards this because of bangalore and so if we're wrong it's all her fault like (laughs) she really (laughs) threw us off the scent Uh, i have to call her out oh i love it i love it that's what we know about Seer, though. 
hopefully we find out some more information soon. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, you guys are like, wow, you guys were way off. They like, we know everything at this point. Yeah, sorry. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all Bangalore's fault. Yep. We're going to wrap up the episode though, by answering some five-star questions. Leave a Leave your question in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We'll make sure it's answered on the next show. Let's start us off coming from Mayface. Love the podcast. Made seven hours feel like two. My question is, what do you feel on this concept? When you buy a legend with Apex coins, you get their heirloom because you're already spending $15 on a legend instead of grinding a couple hours. It's kind of a waste. And 150 and 500 is a lot of money. If they do that, more people will spend money. Like, look at Fortnite, people spend $10 on a skin, but make a lot of money. Well, Face, thanks so much for the review. And definitely like uh, you're using that business brain a little bit. Shay and I are business mm-hmm. majors in the business field. Definitely think about this stuff a lot. Um, you know, I, I just have to be honest. The heirloom pricing structure system works very well. Apex almost for brings them, in a yeah. billion dollars a year. It's very successful. and they do sell skins just like in Fortnite for $20. So everything's going good, but the underlying tone of your question is, I think you want an heirloom and they're expensive. And I agree. It's, it's a hard world out there. Um, keep playing. Yeah. I mean, you won't find us saying, oh no, we don't want a system where we can get heirlooms easier. Or we don't want the level 500 you get your heirloom or something like that. We would be all for a system like that just probably not gonna stick our necks out there that it's coming to the game anytime soon at this point probably not next question coming from Catman. hey guys love the podcast i have a few questions that i would like to ask number one do you think heirloom should be released faster number two do you think apex should have a sell function to sell useless cosmetics to say half their price in crafting metals legendary 600 epic 200 and so on I know I'd really like to see this because I have a bunch of legendary stuff that I don't want and would rather have more stuff for my main Valk. Anyways, great show. I always I just started listening and it's already my favorite podcast. Thanks. Two fun questions. We've talked about, we'll start with the second one actually. We've talked about kind of the trade-in function of trading in material for or skins for materials and crafting and we would love it, like a buyback system like that. Uh, it's something that's in other games and so there is kind of some proven proof that it has function. Um, Apex is an interesting situation where you have a lot of different versions of legendary things and my only concern with it would be like how frustrating would it be to sell a banner and then get an apex pack and just open that banner again and maybe it's fine and the burn is alleviated because you can trade it in for half the crafting towards anything you want but that's my first thought on that yeah i think that right now the current system if you're a recent player you're gonna get a lot of things that you can't even use because you haven't unlocked half the legends. And that's really painful. Like I think doing something like this would alleviate a lot of that frustration and allow you to get things that you want for your main or mains. But again, similar to the first question, I think this is intentional. I think that they Mm -hmm. on purpose make it so that you unlock banners, skins for legends that you don't have. Yeah. So that you keep playing, so that you maybe buy the legend or to equip it. I think that's the model. 
and yeah. it works. And Shay and I recommend the Champions Edition. So oh, yeah, just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think get it out of the way. We did on PC, and now I, I don't have to worry about that. No doubt. For your first question, though, do you think heirlooms should be released faster? Um, that's a tough one in terms of we have a really proven system right now of them coming out with the collection event, offering an opportunity for hype, offering an opportunity for people to buy them cheaper, does doing two collection events in a season make it less likely people will spend money on one or buy one. I think there's some potential issues there. Um, but I'm honestly, if you were just asking my personal opinion, I think we're on a good schedule right now. The order may be something we could talk about, <laughs> yeah. but the schedule itself isn't bothering me currently. Yeah, I, I think the the schedule is working, but it is something that we've tossed out there where you could increase the pace in order to get through all the existing legends and then release an heirloom the same season that the new legend comes out. And that could mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. Um but the current system works and it's kind of fun to make it not the Valk show the entire season to kind of have a, a break at the midway point, see some focus on a new legend. Um, it's kind of, a, it, it's a give and a take. I think the system is what it is. Good question. Yes, yes. If they changed it, we would be talking about pros and cons as well. So either way will work. Thank you all for listening, though. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Pods. Drop a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on the next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. And join the Discord through the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now. Another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>